it's time for our dad's discussion with uh, Bob Lichtenfeld, Andre Watson, Donnie Bowie, and um, my mind went, just went blank. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Reed. Reed. How could Tom I forget Reed. Thomas Reed? Because I already had him in my mind another place. So, gentlemen, start your conversation. All right. Well, good morning, folks. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, you know, of course, it's great that Tom, Don, and Andre could join us as well. It's very much appreciated, and we'll we'll try to have an enlightening discussion. Uh, the goal here is to, you know, just to, to have a dialogue. Uh, you know, demonstrating our perspectives, where we're coming from, what's going on, how we're approaching different things. And uh, so we'll get started on that. My name is Bob, of course, Lickenfeld. Um, I live in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, and I am married. I have a wife who is also blind. We have a nine-year-old daughter. Her name is Maya. And she is a girl, of course. She's in fourth grade. Um, she has a Potentially, you know, she can be precocious when she wants to be. Um, she really likes to do um, gymnastics and swimming. Of course, COVID sort of messed all that up. Um, she also likes to play certain uh, games on her iPad. So um, let's see. Tom, you want to go next? You hear me okay? Yep. Hey, hey everybody. What's up, PCB? Um, so my name is Thomas Reed, um, and so I'll follow your your lead there, Bob. So I am uh, I'm in Monroe County in the Poconos, and I am married to my wife Marlette. Many of you know her, beautiful woman. I have two beautiful children, but I can't even call them children. So so just to get this out the way right away, I am now the official old guy on this panel because. Um, yeah, my kids are, are grown. I have a 23-year-old. It's my oldest daughter, Rihanna. And my youngest daughter, who is right now at work, is turning 17. So my kids are grown. <laughs> so I'm going to have a totally different perspective than I think from, from everyone else on this panel here today. So yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the goal, Tom, is really, yeah. you know, all four of us have different things to offer. And I, I still remember your kids when they were small. So it's amazing to believe that they're. Yeah. They're grown. <laughs> All right, uh, Andre, you want to go next? Hi, can you hear me? We got you. Great, great. How are y'all? Um, it's great to be here um, uh, with my friends, uh, other fathers. Um, I'm Andre Watson. I live uh, in the Philadelphia area. Um, and I am married to Katina and we have a daughter, Kenya, who is eight years old and, um, she is, um, she, she, she's the most important person in my life. Uh, and, uh, she brings me a lot of joy every day, not for anything that she does, but just because, and, uh, she teaches me something new about her and about the world and about how she sees me. And, uh, and I'm excited today to talk about my experience as being a father, um, who happens to be blind. Awesome. Andre, uh, Donnie, how you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing great. Can everybody hear me? We can hear you. All right. Um, my name is Donnie Bowie. Um, I'm from the capital city area, Harrisburg. Um, my young guy is named Grayson. Uh, he is two and a half. He's just getting into um, the terrible twos. So he is destroying our apartment with uh, painting on walls and stuff like that. It's a beautiful thing to have to uh, clean that up. Um, uh, Gray is a, a, a young male um, who's really into music now. Big thing about him is his uh, first word was Google. So we are putting in advertisements. Um, and... That's about it for the little guy. My life partner and my living, breathing heir is Brittany Witter. Um, she is the mother of my son. Um, she's probably the, next to my mom, the strongest woman I may have ever met in my entire life because we are both uh, completely blind parents and been have have been working through this together as a team. So that's about me. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right, so my next question, and I'll take it first, is uh, as a parent with vision loss, describe some of the biggest challenges you face because of blindness and the methods you've used to address them. Um, you know, really, the biggest overall challenge for me, uh, and it's more of a consideration than it is a challenge because, you know, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you get to be in our situation and you want to be independent and live independent lives, you know, it, I don't think they're challenges anymore. They're just circumstances and you have to do things to get stuff done. That makes any sense. Uh, so my biggest consideration really is to, to do the best we can um, to make sure our daughter is not having to, um, not really, not have, not, she doesn't have, we don't want her to consider our disability per se, you know, uh, we we need we want her to be able to live, have a childhood, uh, do her thing, and you know we just don't want to hold her back from doing that. You know, so for example, we, you know, she she before COVID, uh, she went to gymnastics every week, um, and to get her there, I'd have to use Lyft, for example. Uh, every once in a while, I'd get a ride from somebody I knew home. Um, and the same thing went for swimming. Uh, take her swimming, take her to birthday parties, a lot of, a lot of Uber Lyft rides uh, to get those places. Um, I could walk her to school because school's only about two blocks from here. Um, the winter still could be a little interesting um, because it's all up and downhill. I'm not going to say it's uphill both ways, but it's uphill one way and downhill the other, <laughs> of course. But, uh, you know, we get through it. Um, you know, there was a one time... It was really kind of interesting. She was three and a half. I had to pick her up from daycare. And uh, the daycare was at our church. So we are getting off the bus uh, at our home bus stop, and it starts pouring down raining. And it's pouring down raining so hard that the umbrella gets turned inside out. Um, so it's just me and her. No dog at this point. I didn't have a dog. And... We're walking home in the pouring rain. There's construction on our road uh, with basically a ditch on both sides because they're laying in new uh, gas lines. And <laughs> so, so at some point, I had to rely on her to make sure we didn't fall in the ditch, <laughs> either ditch. Um, 
and she was great. You know, it was, it was, you know, as, as long as I maintained my composure and stayed calm, I figured she'd be okay. And she was, we, we made it home and she doesn't really remember any of that, which is good. But, uh, yeah, that was a really crazy experience. So, uh, all right, Tom, you want to go next? Yeah. And just remind me what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> As a parent with vision loss, describe the challenges, the biggest challenges you faced okay, and right. how you adjusted and what you did about them. Right, right. So I think for me, the the biggest challenge was, again, when, when my girls were little. So um, um, I was becoming blind i became blind and my daughter my youngest daughter at that time was was only six uh, my oldest daughter rather was was only six and my wife just gave birth to my my newborn my youngest and so that was that was obviously a really big challenge because it was not only a change of lifestyle uh for me and for for my wife but also for my oldest daughter rihanna um, because she was used to us living in a place where she had access to things because I had access to things. And she was, she was like, um, you know, she was, that was my little traveling buddy everywhere I went, she was with me. So it was a big change for that when we moved out here. Um, so that, that was sort of timed, right? Terribly timed. <laughs> but what I think, the challenge was, so the challenge was for me to adjust, but also keeping them in mind and knowing that they're paying attention to that. And I think my oldest daughter, I hope that she got some really great life lessons about adjusting. Um, I think my, my youngest, though, you know, it was, it was sort of different because she didn't know anything else. But our experience together, she, you know, just growing up, knowing that her father was blind and just some of the adaptations that we made together, that was sort of the, a really cool thing that, that I always noticed, you know? So how she would, even from the first time of feeding her when she was little, she would guide, take my hand and guide the food into her own mouth, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause you know, daddy was missing sometimes, <laughs> but I then we all, we, yeah, you know, but we, we worked through that together um, the same way we started working through doing homework where, you know, that, that was a, that was a rough sort of challenge with my oldest because she was used to something else. So she had to change where the youngest, no, it was no change. It was just, you know, we're just going to work through this. This is how it's done. So that was a really interesting time and, and we got through it. So I'm happy to say that. And I think we're all the better for it. So, yeah, I guess hopefully that answered the question. Um, there were the the challenges, but I think, you know, challenges are, are there for us to grow and and we all grew together i agree tom and i think that sort of goes back to you know if you want to if you want to live an independent life and this goes for anybody but you know i think certainly for those of us who have a disability you know the challenges are just the facts of life they're circumstances they're not even i mean i, I can't even look at them as challenges at this point you know they're just mm-hmm. things Things you have to get done uh, in order to to keep things stable and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Andre, yes, uh, what a uh, what a great question. Um, just to ask about um, you know some of the challenges 
that we face. Um, a, a number of things come to my mind. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I remember being really nervous about when we uh, when we were expecting was how I was going to be able to do all the things that that it requires that a dad do. Um, and, and one of the things I did not want to do was say, hey, I'm a dad, so I shouldn't be involved. Um, that, that was something that my, I, I wasn't going to accept and my wife wasn't going to accept it either. Uh, so I was going to have to figure out a way how to do all the things that, that I need to do. So, uh, but, but I, I messed up a lot. Um, and like you, Bob, I'm glad my daughter doesn't, doesn't remember any of that stuff. Um, you know, I remember, uh, being half asleep and half awake, having to get up and change her and feed her. And one day put, putting a diaper on her uh backwards uh or putting it on inside out um and feeling really terrible terrible about it uh but we got through it um you know i remember you know now uh you know as my daughter has gotten older um she has preferences for who she wants to cook and before <laughs> before that i was not the main cook in the house so i had to up my game uh, so yeah, dad is, is, uh, perfecting his grilled cheese skills. Um, you know, and so dad has to, you know, work on that. Um, one of the other things that I've found a challenge is, uh, the stigma around blindness and how it has affected my daughter. Uh, she sees, uh, when people stare at us, you know, like you, Bob, I've had the great opportunity to, you know, to take my daughter to school and, um, people have made jokes. Um, you know, uh, we saw your daughter taking you to school yesterday. Um, (laughs) uh, my wife did, uh, my wife was with my daughter, um, walking around the community recently. And a gentleman from his porch said, Hey, is that the little girl that walks the blind guy every day? Um, and, uh, and even, you know, some people tell my wife, oh, it's so wonderful you care for both of them, uh, your daughter and your husband. Um, but little do they know, I'm, I'm very active in my daughter's life uh, and try to be every day. Um, and, and then the last challenge that I see sometimes is just being able to explain to my daughter exactly what blindness is, um, you know, from a concrete perspective. But also from, um, you know, just from a, an existential perspective and about what it means to me. And, you know, early on, I remember when she was becoming more aware of it, she, 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 it did make her sad. Um, even though she saw me being very aware and very capable to do everything that anybody else would do around the house with modification. She, she would say, I want, I, I want you to see me dance, you know. Uh, and so now if she's dancing, I get involved. Uh, if she, if mommy does her hair, I, I touch her hair. She has a new dress. I check the dress out. So, um, so those are some of the challenges, but, uh, you know, but that doesn't mean that I can't do it. And I think the most important thing to say is, you know, my own journey with adjustment to blindness, which is an ongoing journey, uh, is is a you know affects her and my wife uh so it has made me a better person as well um you know to have a daughter um so good question yeah, it's interesting you bring up the uh 
the seeing your dance and stuff because I'm, I'm having conversations now with my uh, uh that why I wish you could see my face yeah. you know or I wish I wish you would understand colors better or, mm-hmm. you know and I've never had vision so you know honestly from my perspective and you know you guys you guys have had vision you understand colors um when someone says blue you have probably multiple in- images in your mind i have no images in my mind of blue i don't i don't spend a lot of time thinking about it and it's hard to explain to her that and it's also right. hard to explain to her that it's okay um so we're still working through that adjustment um yeah it, it'll happen we'll be fine um you know what i do sometimes and i still do and i did it when she was little she'll have a picture and she'll show it to me you've probably ch- done this i'll feel the picture you know, and I'll be like, oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. Yep. Um, and I think as she gets older, she understands I don't see the same kind of detail. Uh, but again, you know, we have to kind of think on a more, you know, abstract, uh, more uh, level when it comes to our children. You know, if we were sighted, we'd say their drawing was beautiful. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, so, and and really it's the joy that comes out of these things that's really important. And it's the uh, the enthusiasm and the pride that they have is so important. So I, I still try to, uh, you know, if she's doing a dance and I don't know exactly what she did, but if it's a thud or something, I know she didn't hurt herself. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Bob, like, you know, we went to college together, so I know you're able to pick up on all kinds of little cues in terms of what's going on and what's happening. So, uh, yeah, but it's an ongoing process. I'm sorry. Talk too much. No, you're good. Yeah. Now, Don, Donnie, you're having all kinds of challenges with a two-year-old. Oh, oh, oh and, goodness, uh, yes. Oh. And, and the Velcro and the duct tape, I assume, aren't optional. You can't use those. <laughs> oh, I, I wish. Straight jacket. Um, uh, chains, something. This little guy, um, I was a track runner in high school. Um, he has adopted my speed. So <laughs> he can run. So if you imagine me have, uh, having to catch up with him and, and he, he'll run towards the door, he'll run. Only part about this is um, he runs uh, sometimes. And because he understands that I'm visually impaired, um, his new thing is running with his eyes closed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees his dad, uh, his dad and mom uh, can't see anything. So he he'll eat with his eyes closed. He'll, um, he'll eat with his eyes closed. He'll run around with his eyes closed. Um, he actually surprising enough for two and a half year old, uh, has a really good comprehension of our disabilities. And that was the biggest challenge itself is getting him to understand that daddy and mommy are blind so we we're going to we're not going to be able to do everything you know but he seems that it's so amazing at two that he seems to understand and and comprehend that okay i'm hungry i need to make an audible sound for them to to feed to get me something to eat um when he wants to go outside and this is the most amazing thing I even posted it to Instagram. Um, he'll pick up our canes, bring it to us <laughs> and go to the door and yell, mama, mama. Until one of us comes to the door. And um, also what we do outside. And I, I know a lot of people say it's 
not it's not as humane or whatever, but we have like a little leash backpack for him with a teddy bear on the back. So we'll put that on uh, on a backpack and we'll tie it, we'll have it to our wrist. And when we're walking out in public, we have our cane. And that's a big thing too, navigation um, and being able to navigate in the community as visual and, uh, visually impaired individuals. Um, his mom, my mom are constantly saying, you don't take him outside without your cane. You don't take him outside without your canes. Um, to this point, uh, I, the the most difficult part about him and us bringing him out in public, especially when he was young, was pushing the stroller. The stroller was man. We have this big clunker, so we're okay. I'm on one side, Brits on the other. We're pushing the thing. <laughs> it is going offline, but we're we're still pushing it through. And you and the beautiful part about America. And the individuals in America, they see us struggling, they'll assist, and we don't get too many comments. So I'm terrified of getting Mr. Watts, uh, Mr. Watson's um, thing or somebody yelling off the porch. <laughs> um, but for the most part, people have been really understanding and understanding uh, what we're going through, uh, what we're going through. Uh, one other big thing is education and occupation. Um, getting his education started, um, he's in the Head Start program. And especially in the coronavirus and, and everything like that, uh, learning how to do things virtually, um, how to point a camera so that the individual on the on the um, on the uh, on the stream can see him with all the things that he's doing. Um, that's been a big that's been a really big challenge, especially around these times. And I'm a new school father, so. I everything you guys say, I appreciate it, and I will definitely take uh, take it into account um, for when my little guy grows up, and he'll appreciate it too. Uh, so I do appreciate all three of you for inviting me um, on, on this on this panel. Sounds like you're doing great. I gotta say, uh, I, I, those people who talk about Andre like that are blissfully unaware that he could choke them out in like five seconds. I I thought about that too. <laughs> <laughs> But an element of su- surprise is, is better, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Dottie, you referred the, to the pandemic to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so how's how's all this going on um, with the you – know, how, you know, how are you managing this with uh, school, um, work, daily life? It is a yeah. – oh, well, me first? Go ahead. Or, Go ahead. Um, me first uh, – so we we have decided that we take it in shifts. Um, I graduated college in 2017, um, and now my uh, my my life partner Britt is going through her college days. So um, I have a job; she's going to school, um, and we take it at turns. When she's at school, I'll try. To, I'll take care of the little guy. You know, and we off we off shoot it like that. When on on his education days, we um we get together over the Zoom calls and things like that. And the big part about it is it's just that it, it's it's adapting. Um, we know that there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but adapting is the 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 more difficult part in this coronavirus thing because we are used to being um you know in person individuals you know we 
we like to talk to di- uh, different individuals and stuff like that. So being able, having to do all this stuff over virtual things is being bred or naturally socialist, really, uh, really awkward, but gray is growing very, very adaptable. And I think it actually might benefit him in the future uh, because being so young, going through what he's going through, I think hopefully in his subconscious, it'll help him develop into a, a better individual himself. Uh, he can't understand particularly what's going on now, but he is he's com- he's comprehending comprehending a a little bit and is bringing it in and saying uh, to himself and you can see it. I can adapt to this. If my mom and dad can adapt, then I can adapt. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Tom, going from one end of the perspective to the other, at least from the child's age ranges and such, um, you know, what's what's going on with you in the pandemic? How's it changed things? Yeah, so as far as my kids are concerned, um, I guess it was really what. So, so my my oldest, you know, graduated and and finished everything and and was starting a new job, got her new car, and you know, doing all of that, living here. Um, and then here we go, Corona, Corona sets in. So it's, it's kind of rough to watch her to have to go through that because, you know, when you graduate college, you have plans, right? And, and all the things that you want to do and everything is, is put on hold. And, and then at the same time, she's still working on the future plans because she wants to go back to grad school and, and she's working on all that. Now that's going to, you know, potentially look different. What is that going to look like? So, you know, I'm watching her go through, go through this. She's, she's back in work, but still it's a lot of that stress that I see happening with her. Um, but, you know, we're we're all fine so and she knows that and she's she's fortunate and kind of always keeps her eye on on that right there the fact that we're we're still blessed right we're okay my youngest um you know she's in her senior year now and so that was uh that was a big deal for her she is a she's she can adapt too um she's the type of person she really enjoys her school activities, you know, being in the marching band and band and all of that type of thing. And that was impacted. And this is a, you know, it's a senior year. So not, they do have a marching band, but it's not to the effect that it was before. Right. So it's, it's very a slim down version of it. Um, there's less games there's all of that. And so to have to go through this during her senior year um, is kind of rough for her, but, you know, again, looking at at the positives, um, you know, Corona was pretty cool <laughs> in, in a way for me personally. I'm going to take this and for her because this was the summer where she was getting her driver's license. And the fact that, you know, during Corona, there was nobody on the road, um, you know, and she's she's supposed to be in that car with a licensed driver. And since this is being recorded, I'm just going to say allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> She was in the car with her dad, who was a licensed driver. Allegedly, I'm not. I'm not putting this down, you know. But it was a really cool opportunity to have her, you know, practice driving, and she loved it. And we had a great, allegedly, had a great time out driving in the community just for for like hours, for like hours, man. And 
you know, so again, you know, things are, things can be bad. There's always a bright side if you look for it. But, you know, I do feel, I do feel badly for these young kids who have to go through this and all the changes because she's, she's doing school from home. Um, We chose to keep her here and she chose to continue to keep herself here. You know, they had the hybrid thing, but no, she's doing totally remote learning um and she's adapted to it and she's she's you know she's she also sees the positive she's like you know i can sleep in a little later which is great Mm -hmm. um so she's working through it but uh yeah there you go hopefully that answers your question yeah yeah (laughs) i was was gonna bring up that uh the car-ish car situation because i remember seeing that on twitter you were oh yeah yeah. and i'm like holy cow because i'm gonna be in that situation well maybe never but probably in about (laughs) probably in about eight, nine years at some point. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to do this? I'm really, <laughs> yeah. Cause I always, you know, the default is I'm going to find someone else to yeah. teach her this. Oh, we and, still did that. And I it's still going to have that. to be that way. But I mean, yeah. at, once, once she gets the basics down, there's no reason why I can't get in the car with her and, and do that. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. so that was pretty cool. Allegedly, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, we, you know, you guys did not allegedly survive. You guys survived. <laughs> and, that was that's a fact so it's all good <laughs> all right andre um i'm gonna you know, it's it's so cool to hear tom talk he's usually one interviewing people uh so to get to hear his perspective is so cool um you know with with the pandemic and everything um it, it's been it, it's i'm, I'm going to temper my response it's been hard i mean uh i think just as a person um, and just emotionally, psychologically, um, it's been really difficult. And so the, the patience that blindness, I think, requires for all the inconveniences um, at times has been less. Um, and uh, because now my daughter is home every day. Um, so I've had no. to, res- I've had, yes, I've no. had to uh, reschedule. Um, Shit. Don't. Go ahead, Andre. <laughs> I sound like you're doing a little dog. I, uh, I have an unruly dog here. <laughs> I was like, I know he's not talking to his daughter like that. <laughs> so, um, but no. Uh, so it's been tough because she, she's um, she's been home every day. So nine to two every day. It's it's uh, it's you know, it's school with dad and the teacher, and um, and it, it has pushed my again, my, my skills to another level because I don't use a Chromebook. So I had to learn how to use one. And, um, and I don't use Google Docs and Google Slides. And it's tough for me to try to show somebody who can see how to navigate Windows and how to click on the right thing. Um, and so that's been really a challenge um, some of the things that I have learned is I've, I've definitely learned how to use a, 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 a Chromebook. Um, we don't use it now because my daughter already told me it's it's even it's too small for her to see. Um, I've connected an, uh, another keyboard to our computer. Um, I have a I have a USB um, uh, I have a USB speaker, so the teacher and the class come through that. And I use a pair of headsets so that I can hear Jaws um, if I ever need to help her um, without disturbing the class, like so they don't hear the you know the computer speak. And um, 
And so it's, it's been hard. Uh, my wife, it's been hard on my wife because she, she has really enjoyed helping my daughter with homework and her schooling, but my wife's job is actually in person. So, um, so it, it's been tough, but it's, it's stretched me as a father, which I'm always proud to do. Um, you know, in some ways, you know, we don't get to, to do our walk every day, um, which was a little bit more relaxing. It was less of pressure about, you know, do well in school. It was more about us talking every day back and forth, you know, from school. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a snapshot of what it's been like. Yeah. I hear a lot of that. Um, you know, I, I've been working from home for the last six months. Um, Sue is taking on the bulk of the educational responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's, she's had the same, you know, adjusting to, uh, all the all the inaccessibility of the software and yes now down <laughs> and uh and yeah and she yeah she you know sue sue is one of those people who could have been probably half a dozen maybe even more different things in her life had she chosen to be one of those things so she mm-hmm. she's well equipped right. to handle uh the teaching thing and she's certainly a, a far better disciplinarian than i am i'm i'm too nice for my own good i think and uh, you know she she's she's not afraid to get in there and make sure that you know it's understood that there are obligations and you can't mess around and we're doing the hybrid now uh because we you know maya needs i think she needs to be with her teachers in person i think it's necessary for her um the more structure she has uh, you know, the better off she's going to be. Um, and I wasn't, you know, we weren't sure if she'd get that structure, all of that structure just with a completely remote option. So we, we at least get the structure for half of it while she's at school. And then, you know, we can pick up the rest of the slack when she's here. And we've only been doing it for two weeks and there are certainly some growing pains. Um, you know, but we're, we're making adjustments and, you know, we'll, we'll get it. Yeah. But it certainly is hard. You know, I mean, being able to see her friends or, you know, fortunately she's been able to talk to her friends through FaceTime or Google meet or whatever. Um, you know, there's a couple of different houses we'll let her go to cause we trust the parents. We know they're taking the necessary precautions and, you know, we live in a pretty good neighborhood here. She's, she's, you know, we, we feel, we feel as safe as we can in terms of letting her go walk to these people's houses and stuff. So yeah, that's uh you know, it's it's a lot of adjusting, you know, because you know those all activities she can't do now, the gymnastics, the swimmings, whatnot. You know, how do you, how do you make up for that, or can you make up for that? And it's it's just it's not been easy, for, but it hasn't been easy for anybody. So, you know, we're all going through all that kind of stuff. I, I know you said that um, one of the big things about uh, getting everything together. Um, we. Uh, from a, a remote perspective, we've had um, had to teach Gray um, how to chew. So we, uh, what we have to do is open our mouths and sit in front of him and uh, do things like that. Like especially with the Head Start program and being and learning and all that jazz. Um, since they can't be there uh, in person to uh, tutor him and teach him uh, we've had to you know make those adapt uh, uh, 
adaptations to be able to uh, help him out. I think in the next couple months or so, they'll start making in-person visits, the um, mask, obviously. But um, until then, we do have those issues as well. Um, like I said earlier, just just adapting and getting every and and having uh, the patience to deal with everything ourselves as well. Okay. All right. Well, we we're pretty short on time. Uh, I want to get this question in because I know you guys all can add some valuable perspective on it. Um, you know, uh, kinds of conversations might you be having with your kids? You know, all this protesting going on, and you know, poverty, poverty, privilege, race inequality, and you know, uh, are are you having any any kind of different conversations with them now, or? You know, do you guys have those regularly anyway, or how's that all work? And uh, you know, I'll let Andre start on that one. Well, we're we're African American, so you know that is a part of our um, conversation often uh, about how she's beautiful um, and about how they're she's smart, and um, you know, just preparing her for some of the microaggressions uh, that she might face. Uh, but this is all a new level and she's caught it, you know, on the news when we've got the news on, it's caught her eye. So we've had to have difficult conversations and had to go back to some of our previous conversations about Martin Luther King, uh, about Barack Obama, um, you know, about civil rights. And so it's an ongoing dialogue. It's, it's been tough. Um, it's, it's been really hard um, because we have to get a hold of, on what's going on. Um, and we have to figure out how to say it to her in a way where she still feels safe. Uh, so that's really important to us that she still feels safe, but is growing in awareness. So I think it's an important conversation for all parents to have. I agree with that. Go ahead. No, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's for me, it's a conversation that we've been having, all our lives, quite frankly. Um, and, and it takes its, takes its, uh, it sort of happens differently. Right. Um, but one of the, one of the key things for me as a parent has always been to really get my kids to think for themselves, um, but be there to kind of guide them. And so in terms of, of, of even something that, that Andre just said, you know, um, letting them know they're beautiful, they're smart. And I think the reason he said that he mentioned microaggressions, but I'll just be a little bit, you know, more direct every day. They are actually told something other than that in the real world, whether that be through the media, whether that be through, you know, directly, right. Even in the institutions that they attend. Um, And so there's always dealing, dealing with that thing. So with, this year and everything that happened. Um, And one of these things I talked about very publicly on the podcast, um, and it has to do with my youngest in her school um, going through some of this really overt racism and having these sort of conversations and things that happen. Um, And one of these things took place pretty much on a national scale, but they, you know, they know each other. They know these kids and these are kids now that they're seeing who are saying racist things behind their back, really dirty uh, ugly racist things. 
And so, yeah, but, but it's nothing, it's nothing new because my oldest, you know, will let her sister know, oh, well, this is what happened to me when I was young. This is what some of the teachers did. This is how it is in the institution. So it's, it's a continuing of the conversation. And I think the biggest piece for me is to always make sure that they are mentally okay, that they can, they can understand where it's coming from. They can understand how they need to deal with it, but they also have a method for knowing that they are okay and making sure of that. I think that's one of the hardest things. Um, and, and going forward too, is just how that takes a toll on us, on us all. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely worried for them in that sense, because it's, it's rough. Cause I know, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older, but there's some things now that I just, I'm like, well, I, I really feel it. I think a lot of that happens because of social media and because it's every day and because it's just so, yeah. so in your face, always in your face. Yeah. You know, right. Um, and it, and it's, and it's, that's not necessarily a bad thing because I prefer to know about it than to be sneaky the way it's always kind of been, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's some good to that, but it's, it's heavy. And, you know, my show is bigger than theirs. So I just want to make sure that they can, they can carry that load too. So, and I think about to pass it on to Donnie, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of people in the media, especially they like to make this difference between the girls and the boys, but you know, there's, it's a, it's a, it's a very decreasing difference in terms of the violence that's projected against young men and young ladies of color. That's slowly closing. That gap is definitely closing. But but there is a there is a thing. But I'm I'm glad Donnie has a young little boy. I, I think Donnie can do a really great job uh, making that that little boy into a man. So what's Donnie? Doing? And, uh, I'm glad okay, you got put guys put me on the spot. Oh, <laughs> but my little guy actually has a very um, unique uh, perspective on the side of race and equality. Um, I am African American. And his mother is uh, Panamanian, um, and but she was adopted by a a, a white military family. Uh, so he is half black and half Spanish, um, and he he's brought up in both sides. So I can't particularly say. Obviously, he's two years old. Say that we're talking to him about anything, but we're at the point where we lead by example. Um, I believe for him to see his family integrating with each other, talking to each other civilly, um, he'll, he then understands that these two communities can get along no matter what I might hear in the future. I saw it myself as a child with my families doing doing their best to get together and do everything together. Um, I, I, my my biggest fear for Gray though is, and it it really upsets me. And being the the father, as having a male boy who. And not being able, if if something were to happen like George Floyd or George, Michael Brown or anything like that, not being able to get to him in time, 
that is my biggest fear. And I promise you every night I wake up with an anxiety just thinking about things like that. Um, we talk about it regularly with me and Britt and the families. Trust me, my family, her family, will they will drop everything and get to that situation in 2.5 seconds flat. But me not you know, it's it's weird to have to order Uber to a, 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 a intersection or something like that. You know what I mean? I, it, you can't do that. I mean, I love my guy, and you know everything in me is uh, if I got to run across the town in bare feet and use sighted guide all the way to Carlisle or wherever he's at, I'll do it. But that is my biggest fear as having a young male child is thinking about the possibility of that actually happening in the future. You know, and that's my perspective. You know, I, I realize there are advantages. There are built-in advantages to being white in this country. Um, I don't necessarily understand them sometimes because it's so ingrained in our subconscious. I don't think we get it in a lot of situations. And I think sort of how it is now, like, Oh, how, but you know, how, how can, you know, and the first question is how, how, how can, how can Donnie think that way? And then the second question is, it doesn't matter how Donnie can think. The fact is Donnie has to think that way. And that's, that's, that's kind of the, the shaky part for me is like, how do we, you know, I, you know, talking to, to Maya about race, you know, she, we, we, you know, we go to go to the swimming meet or sometime and there's a basketball tournament and she sees a big, a bunch of big, tall black guys. So oh, why are those people have the brown skin? You know, they're human, just like us. You know, they're no different in that aspect. You know, you see, you see a, a white human, you see a different color skin human, you treat them, this, you treat them the same way. You try to treat them the same way. You give them the respect, you give them the default. Uh, that, that they deserve for, for being human and uh, you know just trying to be an example and trying to you know make sure that she she can be comfortable talking to us and asking us these questions and uh, it, it's really hard from my perspective because I mean I, I'm an empath by default and I, I can use my empathy to, to a certain degree with my blindness you know because as soon as I'm as soon as I walk out the door of my house I am losing probably 15 20 IQ points and uh, but it, but it is not the same as what you guys have to concern yourselves with. But I, I try to transpose anyway because at the very least I can understand that there's something there that needs to be considered and addressed. And it's complicated; it really is. And I don't have the right I don't have the words for it. I, but Donnie, to hear you say that, it's just you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that that you have to think that way. And. Uh, it, it- and I don't wish it upon anybody. And I know a lot of people may think that I may be overzealous or, you know, thinking too far ahead of time. But I say at the, uh, the thing about humanity is one, you, you could do all the right things in life, but because of the misjudgment of someone else, everything can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the common fears of a lot of parents that that come to see me in my practice. They 
they worry every day about their black boys. And they've been worrying. It didn't take 2020 to start that. <laughs> it's been going on for a while. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad he mentioned that. Really, really strikes home. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, uh, knowing it's great. It's good to know that there's that type of consideration out there. But it's, I can't even imagine having that. I mean, you know, my Maya being a girl, uh, you know, there's stuff that goes along with that too. Uh, there's a lot of ingrained biases uh, that try to knock girls and women down a peg or two. Um, but the hate isn't there. Like you guys have to have to deal with or have to at least consider, um, you know, but it, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, yeah, I don't have the words. It's crazy. It's just not. Well, Kenya keeps asking about her because they met at last year's convention and uh, I can't, I'll be glad when all of this stuff is over, so they can they can splash around in the pool again. That'd be so awesome, you know. And that's that's cool. I mean, that, yeah, because even even here, Maya has kids in her school of Indian descent, and uh, and mixed mixed race, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so she's she's learning at a young age that <laughs> kids are kids, humans are humans. Um, but again, I, I worry about the ingrained bias through the media that gets put into our subconsciousness that we don't notice and and having that advantage that we have it's it's even harder to notice and so i I, you know what am i missing how am i you know all i can try to do is be an example and communicate and and i'm sure i'm not gonna i'm sure i'm not gonna make it where i need to make it but you know i'm certainly gonna do the best i can okay gentlemen i think we've about run out of time yes we are we are we are over time now and uh tom tom andre donnie really appreciate you coming on and uh offering your perspectives and you know we can go out and be be great examples continue being great examples uh in in the future so let's do it again thank Thank you you guys all right thanks a lot and bob Yes, sir. But I just want to send a quick shout out to Mona Mancara. I know she's coming up next. What's up, Mona? I saw you came on Zoom. I can't talk to you right now, but I just want to send a shout out to her. So, well, hello. Um, Anyways, I'm right here. Hey, Mona. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we just had an introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Thomas. You. All right.